All right, welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Glad to be doing the show here again this week. And um, this week on the program, as we're getting ready for our July issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine, which we're uh, profiling uh, Tommy Chong, uh, Kevin Booth, Steve D'Angelo, Ricky Ross, and, of course, Tommy Chong. Today on the program will be joining us as Ricky Ross will be calling in from California. And then a little later, uh, Kevin Booth will be talking with us. And the two gentlemen actually know each other because Kevin, of course, did the uh, documentary film American Drug War back in 06 and was interviewing Ricky Ross uh, several times there from uh, when Ricky was when Rick was in prison. So those two actually know each other and may actually get a chance to cross over paths uh, as we transition out of Rick's uh, appearance here on the program uh, today and, and, and bringing Kevin in. So uh, good stuff, though, as we get ready for the July issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. That'll be available all around Austin and throughout the state of Texas. We're going to be making many of these uh, will be available for the first time in the Houston, Texas area. We're adding many of the, the smoke shops. Uh, to from Houston, Texas, and to that uh, eastern side of the state, we're going to be adding uh, some of the magazines available over there for the first time. So, kind of expanding over there. But yeah, uh, Tommy Chong is going to be on the program this week. Coming up, we've got um, uh, an interview with him. I'm, I do have Sid Miller scheduled for the 23rd of June. And so, there's some exciting things happening with the podcast as we're getting that ready to go, and we look forward to bringing that to you guys but it looks like the july issue will drop right here in the city of austin on the uh, july 1st it's a thursday and we expect the magazines to be out that first weekend uh, of the month of july so right before the fourth of july weekend we should be able to get those out to everybody be sure to follow us on social media there at tx hemp reporter on Instagram and Twitter. We will take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with our guest Ricky Ross and then later Kevin Booth. It's the Texas Hip Show. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Be right back, guys. CRI is a top 25 nationally ranked CPA firm with offices across the Southeast and with clients across the globe. Over the last few years, our firm has developed a niche in the agriculture and cannabis industry. We understand the unique challenges growers and processors face every day, including addressing challenges resulting from the USDA and DEA final interim rules, banking and insurance concerns for cannabis businesses, unique farming challenges associated with hemp and high THC cannabis, and GMP clean room management and general management for business in the rapidly changing cannabis market. Our seasoned team of professionals can help you meet these challenges with sound business, tax, financial, accounting, and technology advice. Visit CRICPA.com to find out more or schedule your free introductory consultation. That's CRICPA.com. The third annual Southern Hip Expo is now open for exhibitor and sponsor registration. This year's event will take place at the Convention Center in Raleigh, North Carolina on September 2nd through the 4th, where we will have three days of conferences, seminars, and workshops, 250 plus exhibitors, and numerous networking and entertainment opportunities. For more information, check out southernhempexpo.com. 
Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. You're listening to The Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at The Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell with the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Visit us online at texashempreporter.com, TX Hemp Reporter at Twitter. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting this next issue out for you guys. And joining us here on the program as we come out of commercial break is uh, Rick Ross joining us. Are you there, Rick? I'm here. All right. Good to, good to have you part of the Texas Hemp Show, my friend. How the heck are you doing out there in the West Coast, Rick Ross? I'm well. You and I met when, I don't know if you recall, but you you were doing the book tour when the Untold uh, Autobiography came out, and uh, I missed you down there at Brave New Books, and then I rushed down to 6th Street where you were doing a signature thing, and I brought Gary Webb's book as well as your book, and you autographed both of those. I don't know if you remember that. I do. You do? <laughs> yeah, you gave me your number, and I actually I've had your number in my phone for some time, Rick, and uh, I just finally reached out uh, uh, to you guys, thought it would be good to have you on the program as you've got some products that you've been doing. I thought it'd be great to, to have you on, and we discussed that. It was about five years ago, so hey, better late than never, huh, Rick? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, listen, man. Um, thanks for being on the the hemp, the Texas Hemp Reporter with us. Uh, how's life treating you these days? Life is good. Life is good. But I thought we'd just get you on and maybe get a little bit of your background. We won't go into a whole lot of your backstory. I think a lot of people know that story now, Rick, and and you've it's been well documented and well covered. But you've been profiled on these TV shows and these and, and the radio interviews. But uh, I really became aware of your case uh, through Gary Webb's work and then through our friend Kevin Booth's film, American Drug War in 07. Can you just give us a real quick condensed version on on uh, uh, your history with the drug operation and how you kind of got mixed up in that whole Iran-Contra affair with, with the players like Oliver North, Noriega, and the CIA? Just give us a little condensed version of that, and then we'll talk about some of the things that you're involved in uh, today. 
when I started selling drugs at 19 years old, you know, after it was discovered that I wasn't going to be going to college because I couldn't read or write, uh, I started with 125 bucks. Um, before I had finished with the dope game, I had days I made as much as $3 million a day. Uh, the prosecutor estimated that I had made a million dollars every day for two years, at least that and that's impressive. That's impressive. The, you know, the the CIA has long been rumored to sell drugs to finance their proxy wars, Rick. You know, they overthrow foreign regimes. Did you ever hear that Selly uh, Castillo? He wrote a book called Powder Birds. He was a former DEA agent. I've had Selly on the. I know Selly. You know Selly. I th- I thought that that might that might ring a bell for you. Can you speak to the drug war, Rick? How it's you know, against the American people and how the prison system that incarcerates thousands of non-violent offenders. And, you know, does this broken system upset you anymore? Or have you kind of overcome any animosity you had towards that? How do you how do you feel about the system itself these days? Well, you know, animosity is for weak people. Mm-hmm. It's not for strong. Because when you're strong, you change whatever it is that you don't like. And so I'm working to change the system right now to bring these laws in the what I believe should be uh, the proper formation. Mm-hmm. So when you say, do I have animosity? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't like the way the war, uh, this war on drugs is being uh, handled. I don't like the way uh, policing has been handled with, in some cases. And I'm working to change all those things. Your story is really interesting to me, Rick. And I, I mean, remember, you know, when Kevin would call you, you know, in prison for, you know, his films, you know, folks, you know, Rick taught himself to read in prison and worked on his appeal case. Did you ever imagine one day that you would be speaking to the youth or doing special events and being such a positive influence on today's youth? No, I didn't. Uh, I never thought that I was capable of speaking to, to a crowd. I was more of a behind-the-scenes type of guy. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I saw my drugs, I would stand behind everybody else and let them go out and do all of my dirty work. So I, I was more of a behind-the-scenes guy. I'm not used to being on the front line, but right now I need to be on the front line because whenever you start something, nobody else wants to participate. Nobody wants to participate until it starts to go. And right now it's not going the way that uh, it needs to be before other people will get involved. So right now I'm on the front line. I'm doing, you know, I'm pretty much doing everything right now. I do all the grunt work um, as well as the uh, as well as the uh, behind the scene work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've, you've uh, you know, Los Angeles most notorious former kingpin now launching his own uh, you've had your own brand of cannabis. I've seen you've opened uh, you're opening up a dispensary or have gotten maybe got opened already. I see you're kind of taking control of your legacy. Tell us about some of these business ventures that you're involved in now. And when did you start selling cannabis legally? Well, I actually have three three brands out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have LA Kingpin. Mm-hmm. I have Freakway by Rick Ross. And I also have one called Yale. L.A. Kingpin is the oldest. I started that about a year and a half ago, uh, right before the pandemic hit. The pandemic has really hindered me from really uh, 
getting brands in the space that I would like for them to be in. But I'm happy with the way it's going. What's you know, the third uh, brand, Rick? J-O. Can you, how, you spell that? Is that just uh, like a yayo or? or? <laughs> like yay, yayo, yayo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that name, somebody brought the name to me and asked me if I would uh, partner with them on doing it. And, you know, I got a kick out of it. And I thought <laughs> that, uh, you know, we used to use that for cocaine. Uh so I thought it would be interesting, so I went for it. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and you know, it's a it's an interesting thing. You know, you, you you there's a documentary I saw out there, Ricky, that was uh, it was called "I Want My Name Back," but it had to do with some East Coast hip hop. It was a different kind of story. And you know, we know about the rapper and Rick uh, Ricky Rick Ross just taking your name uh, and, and 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 made a career off of the off of your back, and so. I mean, this this you you're starting where you're you're getting some deals where in, in in your business career now you know where these are kind of licensing deals that you're doing on your own and uh, but you're starting to develop your own kind of license things now with with Free Ray Ricky Ross. Absolutely, absolutely. Not only am I doing my brands, but I'm also helping other people get their brands started. I, I've helped uh, Cody Shane, whose brand will be coming out soon, as well as uh, Duke Deuce. Uh, also, D. Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm helping other people also get their brand started. I'm also building a growth facility that's going to produce about six million dollars worth of cannabis every two months. Yeah, I think I read that article on Leafly that that, that talked about uh, that you, you were working on that. Do you know what that is called yet? Or uh, I don't know. It might be called Freeway Farms. Freeway Farms sounds pretty good to me, Rick. I haven't named it yet. You know, the only thing I want, the main thing I want is that it develops great cannabis. Do you still do some work with the National Diversity on and Cannabis Inclusion Alliance, or are you still involved with those guys? Absolutely. I'm still on the board. I, I support them 110%. Uh, they had a big hand in me uh, actually getting my license mm-hmm. uh, uh, for my dispensary. You know, uh, they taught me the, 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 the politic game of, of marijuana. Uh, we 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 all went downtown to City Hall. We marched. Uh, we went from council person to council person, and we told them exactly what we wanted the law to say and 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 be. I'm, even though we had to make some compromise, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we got our way and we got things into the law that we needed in order to help uh, me and others get a license. Yeah, Rick, fire off the website. How can folks learn about these brands? You know, I know that our program is in Texas and, you know, we have certain restrictions uh, uh, on purchasing things online like that, but still we have listeners on the internet, you know, some are in States like that can purchase your products. What, what how can people get LA Kingpin or, or freeway Rick or Yayo? Well, the easiest way to get them is when you come to California, I know all you guys come to California, you could go on, um, my websites, uh, LA Kingpin or Freeway Ricky Raw, I mean, uh, uh, Freeway, uh, and you can find the stores that sell my product. Uh, also, you know, it's, we we in a lot of stores, right? Now, you know, you can pretty much find it. That's cool. That's very cool. You know, Texas is still struggling to get these marijuana laws relaxed, and you know, it's kind of been a hot button the last few weeks and, and you know then there's there's talk of the federal go- the feds rescheduling or descheduling marijuana uh do you think the federal government might make the move to 
to make marijuana legal before long? I think they will. I don't think it'll happen, you know, this year. Uh, I voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because I felt that they were uh, leaning for legalizing marijuana and, and open up the banking system uh, because the business will be so much better once they open up the banking system. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, you know, you make this money and you have to keep it in a shoebox in your closet. Yeah. So, yeah. If we could do some banking and take credit cards. Yeah, that's always a challenge. I mean, we're having that we're having that challenge uh, right now with Texas. Just you know, even my business with the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine, we have to choose wisely what kind of our merchant services are. And this is just hemp, Rick. I mean, we're not even in the marijuana space yet, and and it's it's already you know controversial. Well. You know, I'm from Texas. I was born there. Mm-hmm. And you know, Texas is a long star state. So you got to probably be the last one to make marijuana. <laughs> Sadly, you know, that's probably true, Rick. We we really want to get this thing going, man. But, you know, they uh, have Mexico is now legal with marijuana, Rick. Uh, you got Louisiana made has a medicinal program. Oklahoma has medicinal and recreational. Arkansas has a medicinal marijuana program. Uh, New Mexico to our west has a recreational marijuana program. In fact, when you leave El Paso, Rick, you can go straight to the Pacific Ocean and it's all legal cannabis. So Texas, you know, needs to get with the program here and 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 bring cannabis uh, not only, you know, as a something recreational, but we we need it. We haven't even got to the point where we have it, you know, good quality medicine for our veterans or, or you know, our cancer patients. And Texas is just slowly behind, man. Well, you know, that's what happens when your politicians are out of touch. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what's going on and what the people want, and they don't care what the people want. They're there to serve a purpose, and and that's what they do. And and that's what our politicians here were doing. And that's why we went to their office and let them know that if you don't get your stuff right, we're going to get your S out of there. That's right. That's right. Uh, Rick, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Just pause for three three minutes. We'll be right back. It's a commercial break here on the Texas Hemp Show. Our guest, Freeway Ricky Ross from California, calling in on the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back on the other side of this break. It's the Texas Hemp Show. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together. The third annual Southern Hemp Expo is now open for exhibitor and sponsor registration. This year's event will take place at the Convention Center in Raleigh, North Carolina on September 2nd through the 4th, where we will have three days of conferences, seminars, and workshops, 250-plus exhibitors, and numerous networking and entertainment opportunities. For more information, check out southernhempexpo.com. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. 
You're listening to The Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at The Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowd. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher and editor for the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Calling in at approximately 4.20 p.m. Pacific time today. Freeway Ricky Ross joining us here on the Texas Hemp Show. Thanks for being a part of the program, Rick. Appreciate that. So people, so you, so so the producers didn't really want to tell your story, it sounds like, in Hollywood. Well, you know, they scared me because they wouldn't give me a definite release date, and they didn't want me to be a part of it. So with those things being said, uh, it scared me. You know, I thought it may be bought and put on the shelf. You know, so many times I've heard of people's stories that are bought and then put in a vault, never to be something told. So... Uh, had I sold them my rights, that if I would try to do the movie with somebody else and they try to put it out, they would sue them for putting it out. So uh, I couldn't take those deals. Well, you know, how accurate are the stories being told in films like Kill the Messenger or Snowfall? I mean, Snowfall is garbage. Uh, it's a cartoon. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch Snowfall. You know, who, who would do a movie about a black drug dealer who was involved with the CIA from South Central LA, made millions of dollars, and you're doing this movie. Freeway Rick Ross is out of jail, walking around the streets. You got his phone number in your phone, and you don't call him at least, if not, at least. not, to, not to make it his story, but at least consult with him. Mm-hmm. So, see, I've never. Yeah, I've never. You know that it's not it's not an accurate story. They wasn't trying to look for the facts. Describe the irony, Rick, about how you once sold drugs illegally, went to prison, and then all these years later, you know, you're now you're now you're selling. You know, you've got a profitable, legitimate business now. Is that describe that? How does that feel for you these days? It just feels surreal, you know, like unreal. Uh, how could you be? in prison, with a life sentence, without the possibility of parole. And now here you are in an industry where you're about to make billions and billions of dollars, where you're about to change the lives of hundreds of thousands of people in the world. I don't know. It's just, it just seems crazy. Only in America, as you said. Yeah, your story is really something, Rick, and I've always been found inspiring and, you know, and, and being a fan of Kevin's work, and then really that was a, such an inspiring, amazing film, American Drug War, exposing that, you know, Tommy Chong, we have, we're, we're interviewing Tommy tomorrow, and Kevin, of course, had Tommy profiled in American Drug War as well. So uh, I, I, have we improved on some of these, uh, this drug war 
yes, to some extent, some states have recreational marijuana, but the prison system, uh, that that's really we have we have a lot of work still yet to be done with with, with the criminal criminalization and, and the way the prison system is ran. I think we got to get these old ass pot cheating fucks and bring in some new blood. Bring in some people that smoke marijuana, not the ones who say they never smoked marijuana, we never touched it, or the ones who say, oh, yeah, I, I puffed, but I didn't inhale. we get rid of all of them. Let's just bring in a whole new, fresh group of people who came up smoking marijuana, who actually walked the streets of America. You know, we got all these people who don't even, they, don't, they never caught the buzz. They don't fly commercial airplanes. I mean, who are these people? Where are they from? Until we get rid of our company, our country is going to be the way it is right now. Well, that's an interesting point, Rick, because you know all the candidates over the years have always said they don't inhale. Well, well, let's vote out the guys that that don't inhale and vote the guys in that do inhale. <laughs> but at least the guys that tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, joining us on the program, I, I just got. Uh, uh, Kevin Booth just chiming in. We were just singing your praises. Kevin, welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. Hey, what's up, Russell? Is that you, Ricky? What up, Kev? <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? Are you in L.A.? Yeah, I'm in L.A. I'm at the tennis court with the baby. I told yeah. I told Russell, I said, me and Kevin talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and, hey, yeah. I, I ain't going to get big and forget about Kev. You know, Kev used to send me money when I was in jail. <laughs> Well, you know, we had Kevin scheduled for the podcast about a month or two ago, and then one of my writers reached out to your team, uh, Rick, and wanted and, and wanted to get you on the magazine and, and with your new products. And I thought, well, let's get him on Friday. And then the, you were busy Friday, so we said schedule it Wednesday. And then I didn't realize it until later that day. I was like, well, shit. Uh, that's the day Kevin's on. Maybe I'll just get these two together uh, and we'll we'll let them say hi on on the on the Texas Hemp Show. So, uh, welcome again, Kevin. Me and cool. Kevin, yes. we have no problem about getting together. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got new things in the works, hopefully too. So, yeah, we've been talking a lot. Well, well, Kevin. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but I will. I mean, what exactly is there? Something coming up? Is there some? Is there a film thing, Kevin? Or you guys just got some other business deals we're working? I know you probably want to keep a tight lid on this stuff, but I just figured I'd ask. Well, I mean, uh, I'll let Ricky take the lead on that. But you know, I'm trying. I'm 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 out here in Texas trying to. Uh, you know, it's one thing living in California or Colorado, yeah. being in the marijuana market. Coming back to Texas, it's it's tricky. It's funny because it's in a it's in a state where everybody I know gets high, everybody I know buys weed, and yet it's extremely illegal. So it's it's a lot it's a lot trickier here. But you know, once it becomes legal here, this is going to be a huge market. Um, Absolutely. And what really pisses me off, I, I don't know exactly what you guys were talking about when I when, when I first came on, but what pisses me off is this whole idea that if they legalize it more people are going to start smoking. I've never met a single person when I was living in California that started smoking because it got legalized. Uh, I mean, Ricky, how many people do you know that started smoking marijuana because it got legalized? <laughs> yeah. Anybody not? I mean, uh, it's crazy. Now what it does do, now what it does do when you legalize it is it takes the street element out of it. You don't have to drive in some neighborhood where there's 50 guys standing on the street, everybody's toting guns and, who knows what else they're doing? 
and you have to come there and buy marijuana, uh, it takes that element out of the game, which I'm sure the cops like because, you know, it keeps up a bunch of mess and, and they can arrest a lot of people. So if you want to keep mess going, then you keep it illegal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? yeah, and the other thing it changes too from just the people that I've known, the, the only difference is, is now they have a bigger selection, they pay less money. The places they go to, it's it's controlled, and uh, but I've yet to meet the person that's that started getting high just because it became illegal. And I guess the argument is all about kids, right? And uh, so I'd rather have my kids smoking hemp CBD or something like that, any anything other than these nicotine cartridges, right? Hey, Kev, but the guys on the street, they don't care how old you are when you come to them and buy. Yeah. No, you're right about that. You're right. At least dispensaries. At least dispensaries. They're gonna look at your ID. They check everybody's ID when they come in. Make sure they're 21 or over. Uh, you know that your product was grown uh, 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 wholesomely. You know that they didn't use all kind of pesticides and harmful chemicals on your product. Uh, those are the things that you get when you start to 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 uh, bring it to the, the legal market. On the black market. You know, nobody's testing it. Nobody, they don't know what they're smoking. I don't know how old you are, Russell, but when I was a kid <laughs> and I first started finding about marijuana and I was living in Texas, going to Stratford High School in Houston, the thing was, is like Mexican marijuana had Paraquat on it. And it's funny because that, that, that Paraquat thing has come back up and now I see there's some lawsuits about that. But, uh, you know, do you remember Paraquat, Ricky? I, I don't. I don't. No, it's I, like... I, I, it, you don't remember? Okay, well, it was like back in the day when you'd buy crappy Mexican weed, uh, you, the fear was that it had Paraquat on it. It was like this cheap bug spray, basically, <laughs> that they that they put on there, right? And it was like kind of a cure-everything bug spray, and it, it's still around. It's like the it's the equivalent of Agent Orange, right? It was right. just some, some Dow Chemical DDT horrible nightmare stuff. And, and the thing is, is that when you get it black market marijuana – you're probably going to have something like that on there because I'm telling you, it costs a lot more to grow organically. It's way harder, way, way more expensive, way, way more time consuming to grow organically. Uh, and so when you keep that stuff illegal, your kids are just smoking dangerous chemicals. That's, that's the result of keeping it illegal. Well, Kevin, Kevin, I will answer your question though. Um, uh, <laughs> I will hit the big five Oh later this year, Kevin. Uh, and my yeah. to answer your question, the first time I smoked marijuana, I was 12 years old, and I was stealing it from my parents, Rick. Uh, my parents were hippies. <laughs> my parents were hippies. They they met in L.A., actually, were married in Vegas in 69, and um, Dad was a musician. And so, uh, you know, unlike, you know, unlike your parents, Kevin, mine were kind of, uh, you know, stoner hippie kids, and so... I knew what marijuana smelled like when I was two, three. My, my earliest memories, I man, I knew what weed smelled like. But it wasn't until I was about twelve years old, living in South Austin with my Mexican friends, that they started encouraging me to go get some of mom and dad's good weed and bring it outside. <laughs> and and that was that was really my introduction to to marijuana. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until I was older in college where suddenly. This thing uh, called hydroponic came up, and and it was just we went suddenly. If you wanted to spend way more money, you got this amazing smelling stuff that actually got you feeling good in a totally different way. 
And that was the breakthrough. My understanding was that was the first Afghani seed server break through the chain and start getting in there. I guess what they originally started calling kind bud, but in Texas, everybody called it hydroponic back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rick, any uh, final thoughts for you? You want to plug the website? Uh, no, there's a book out the 21 keys of success uh, that you've got out on the website as well. As we transition into Kevin's interview and, and Rick fire off your website or anything that, that you've got cooking, bro. Well, Russell, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, Kev, as always, it's always good to hear your voice. Um, you know, you always come in with some encouraging words and uh, uh, some knowledge. So thank you again, as always. And uh, people, you can get my book, my T-shirts, and all my products. Go to FreewayRickyRoss.com. Also, you can follow me uh, on Instagram at FreewayRicky and on uh, Facebook at FreewayRickyRoss. Uh, also, I got a big fight coming up next weekend. My, uh, uh, not this weekend coming up, but weekend after this, the 19th. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a couple. I manage fighters now, so I got a big fight coming up uh, the 19th. And, and you can see it live on my streaming channel, freeway.live. So Free. check that out as well, everybody. And, and, hey, hey, Rick, I wanted to mention real quick before I before I go, and I know you're going to get back to the tennis court out there uh, with the kids, but but – one of my sponsors is a, a Lucky Leaf Expo. They're having an event up in Dallas, but they got one in Houston coming up in November. And the organizer and I were talking yesterday, and and he was interested in wondering if you know you might be interested in speaking at the at the September the the November uh, Lucky Leaf. Yeah, it'll Dallas get, too. I'll do, I'll do Dallas too if I'm not booked already. Well, it's coming up on Dallas. is 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 actually July 9th, but he 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 didn't think you would be able to do something on such short notice. But I told him I would mention it to you, and and I, I travel I travel on, on short notice. Give me my number. Tell me to call. Me. Okay, Rick, I will, man. And you know. I'm I'm from Texas too. I, I know, I, I know you are, and, and so it'll be a homecoming, and and maybe we'll get to see you again uh, when you're if you if you'll come down here and see us. So uh, it'd be great. So I'll pass that on to uh, to our guys, and and maybe they'll, I'll have them reach out uh, uh, to your team, and and we'll go from there. But but thank you, man. God bless you. Uh, we appreciate Freeway Ricky Ross being a part of the Texas Hemp Show this afternoon. All right. All thank right. You. You bet. Thank you. All right. All right, thanks again. That's the that's Ricky Ross. Yeah, that that's so far out the uh, Kevin the timing there of that. I, I had you had uh, scheduled on the program some time back there and and then uh, one of my writers reached out to Rick and thought said Russell, you know, you got Tommy Chong coming up on the July issue. Why don't we why don't we get free Ricky Ross? I was like, "Man, you know what? I've met Rick Ross before, Ricky Ross and uh, you know, I've got here's got uh, his books autograph. He signed. I had him actually. I went to Brave New Books a few years ago. Anyway, we exchanged numbers. He and I, and I promised him that I would get him on one of my shows. I didn't know it'd be six years later. Yeah. Hey, so is that twenty one keys of success or twenty one kilos of success? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is the the the. The the funny thing is, it's uh, uh you know uh, riding with Rick the twenty one keys of success uh, uh, with award winning writer Kali Crutcher uh, details the twenty one success principles. But yeah, he went from selling kilos to 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 giving us keys of success. So great stuff from from Rick Ross. Um, stand by, Kevin. We'll take a quick break and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, your film work and some of the films that you've been involved in and and some of the old days, and then see what uh, you guys got cooking. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be back on the other side 
Our guest, uh, Kevin Booth. We'll be right back after this. The third annual Southern Hip Expo is now open for exhibitor and sponsor registration. This year's event will take place at the Convention Center in Raleigh, North Carolina on September 2nd through the 4th, where we will have three days of conferences, seminars, and workshops, 250 plus exhibitors, and numerous networking and entertainment opportunities. For more information, check out southernhempexpo.com. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at the Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowden, your publisher and editor for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. You can check us out online at thetexashempreporter.com. We're working on the upcoming July issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter, which will feature tomorrow's guest on the cover in Tommy Chong. Uh, Tommy going to be talking about some CBD products that he has uh, released and uh, is available for consumption and uh, so Tommy going to be on. Tommy defeated cancer, Kevin, uh, multiple times, I understand. And he took high-grade CBD to, you know, assist in the pain and the management and, and overcoming those cancers. And so it's going to be fun to have him on. We already had you scheduled. And then the Free Ray Rick Ross as well here this week. So just a great week. Uh, and then the, the, the synergy there is pretty, pretty interesting, too, because uh, you did interview – you know, Tommy for American Drug War too, while he was in prison, right? Yeah, he was in Taft. It was uh, quite a feat to get in there. I, I remember um, they only we I, I we had to I had to go through some major hoops to get in there. I think they only allowed three a total of three journalists ever to get into to prison with Tommy, and uh, we finally got in there. It was a pretty it was a pretty special day, and it was cool because I also got to. I interviewed. His, I was got to interview his wife and his son, and got to know uh, Shelby in Paris. And, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yes, you know, and I and I actually kept in contact with Tommy over the years. And you know, I, I don't know. The last time I saw him was a couple of years ago. And yeah, he had been through the cancer thing, and, and I know he was probably 
I think at that time probably doing some more kind of Rick Simpson stuff. So I don't know about this latest chapter if he's using CBD for that. Um, cool. But that's uh, you know. Yeah. Well, he's he, a poster boy for sure. Yeah. He's a poster boy. Yeah, he's something else. And, you know, he's always acquiesced to an interview whenever, you know, most of the time that I was interviewing him or Cheech was always about the comedy. They had those tours they did, you know, t- 10, 11 years ago. And, and we got to interview them for the Keep Keep It Legal tour. And then before that, the Light Up America tour. So, uh, but he's definitely a, 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 a proponent for. For for change with the drug war and, and and certainly a victim of it as as you as your film American Drug War is certainly documented there with uh, everything that went on with that Operation Pipe Dreams with him, uh, Kevin. Uh, give our listeners a little bit about your background and and you know I don't know if everybody knows you know you you were you grew up with with best friends with Bill Hicks there in, in the Houston area and I guess give us a little just a little background on on your history and then. And then uh, how you got started with films? Because I I remember seeing your early film uh, Ninja Bachelor Party used to come out on uh, pub- public access in the old days. So I don't know. Just I figured it's great to have you on, bro. I just wanted to have you talk a little bit about your your film career and and uh, and how it relates to to the, sometimes you know the drug war as three of your films certainly have. But how did you get started in all of that? Well, if we're going to talk about Ninja Bachelor Party, I guess I'm going to have to, like, drink a little Robitussin and <laughs> get in the mood here. So, uh, Ninja well, Bachelor I, Party. I, I, mean, I, <laughs> I grew up in Los Angeles and then moved to, to uh, moved to Houston and, and then mm-hmm. met Bill um, it, when he uh, was a freshman and I was a sophomore at Stratford High School in Houston. And we started a rock band called Stress. Nobody, None of us knew how to play instruments but we knew we wanted to be rock stars so we just started we started rocking out but before you knew it, we learned how to play instruments we got instruments and we were doing we started with doing high school talent shows and then and then uh like keg parties and you know and then and then the relationship kind of blossomed from there i started you know produced a lot of bill's uh comedy records and and uh i did his first uh stand-up comedy concert called sane man and i did randy mm-hmm. minor and relentless and, and arizona bay we had another band called um uh, marblehead johnson but yeah so ninja bachelor party i think that was uh i was going to film school at ut struggling because my band had gotten a, my other band that i was in uh gotten a record contract with chrysalis and so i was kind of like like not real serious about being a student but i was in film school after dropping out of engineering school to my parents total bum out uh and i decided to buy a, a color video camera and we started making a uh, a karate epic i mean we i think our first goal <laughs> we, we really wanted to be able to make porno movies but we didn't know any girls so we uh decided we we would make a karate. The next, the next thing on the list, if we can't make a porno film, we're going to make a karate film. And forgive me, this is the eighties, everybody. Okay, so just, you have to just bear with me. Uh, so we spent, uh, I don't know, what did we do? We we spent years and years working on this twenty-three minute uh, <laughs> epic. Just kind of like putting it out and. And, you know, it's funny because it ended up getting released by Warner Brothers through Ryko Disc on DVDs and all that. It's really crappy homemade thing. But but it was kind of like a Simpsons episode where we – it was like every single line had to be funny, you know. So it's 23 <laughs> minutes of nonstop humor. And, 
And well, it's fun to watch because you get to see Bill do a bunch of characters. Actually, Bill does my parents' voices, which is always endearing <laughs> for me to watch. So, so. Kevin, Kevin, uh, is that – I mean, I, I don't know about copyrights and all of that these days. It was a long time ago. I mean, but is that on YouTube? I mean, can people – YouTube ninja – does the younger generation get a chance to see this? Or is that still locked in a vault? I think, I think everything I've ever done is on YouTube, except for all the Alex <laughs> Jones stuff i got to raise. Yeah, I'm pretty sure – yeah. Well, well, that's interesting. I wasn't aware that you could control it. I mean, like, I, I spent years, I spent a, a couple of years trying to control people bootlegging stuff, and <laughs> it was a kind of an interesting experiment I did. One a, a while back when when American Drug War came out, it was on Showtime. It came out on Showtime, and mm-hmm. we were doing some. This is back in like 2008, and we were doing brisk DVD sales. We were selling tons of DVDs, and and. Um, I would get all freaked out when I would see like, oh, somebody put the entire movie on YouTube. I demand to take it down. And then I started doing an experiment. And the experiment I ran uh, proved that we sold more DVDs when it was when it was up for free on, on YouTube. <laughs> and so more I, realized, I started realizing it's, it's a big world out there, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, it's kind of crazy. And, and, you know, kind of coming from like the whole patriot movement back in those days where – Everybody kind of had like the spirit of like if they made a film, just spread it around. And yeah, so I, I gave up long ago of trying to be like a control freak of you know like you know people have to pay to watch my stuff. I I, I I'm not down with that. <laughs> Kevin, that's funny. You know, we both at one point in careers, I've always been in radio and print. You know, from since '01. Um, and I don't know if you knew this about me, but I mean, I. Uh, was in paranormal and 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 I got into publishing uh, after 9/11 and kind of was one, I was in that crowd with Alex Jones and Chris Athenis and um, Smiles Lewis and and uh, uh, Jeff Contreras. All of these guys had different shows down there. Even uh, um, uh, but but you know you were you were involved a little bit with uh, the public access. Some of your you had projects there that you you did and. But I was part of that kind of uh, patriot thing with uh, my publishing when we were publishing the Austin Para Times later uh, was the big sister to what would become Weird Magazine. And I would have oh, yeah. Alex on those magazines and, and then he would take a magazine and, and show it up on his show there on Public Access. Uh, how often were you around, you know, Mike Hansen and Alex in those old days? Because I was there in the late 90s, well, early early 2000s. Okay, well, first of all, uh, I was producer number like 137 or something like that at ACTV. So I uh-huh, uh-huh. I was making access TV shows when you and Alex were just a glint in your mama's <laughs> eye. I was a... I was I was I I was a public access back when I was thinking it was started off at Barton Springs Road. I mean, it was like a no, actually it was on Red River. It was like one room in an upstairs uh, <laughs> garage apartment and then they had a building on on public on uh, Barton Springs Road. And that was so. I started public access probably around eighty three. Wow. Well, that was about the yeah, time I was so. stealing the marijuana from my mom and dad, Kevin, in South Austin. Yeah, exactly. That same time. Yeah, yeah. So we did. Yeah, I did a show called. Yeah, it was just called Sacred Cow back then. And uh-huh. It was just kind of like a weird, you know. This week I was just I was running around with Bill Hicks and you know Sam Kennison and just <laughs> doing whatever. You know, we were just kind of making these crazy. What was the crazy videos? But. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember a guy named George Woolley? Uh, he no. was like part of that that whole scene. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, Alex used to do impersonation of him. Like this is like 
he, he used to Alex used to impersonate him all the time because one day on his show he goes, "This year big this year internet's going to be big one day." <laughs> well, you know, I remember watching. I remember watching you guys. I mean, I looked up to you, Kevin, as a as a young aspiring RTF student. You know, at twenty one, twenty years old. Um, but I remember seeing in like ninety. 90- that was a huge. That was. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> in 93, you and Bill went up to Waco, and Bill did this runoff of the Branch Davidian compounds, and he just kept going on and on with all of the different offshoots of Davidians. But but you guys did go up there, and, and what was that project? I mean, you guys just kind of went up there to, to film, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, this is before anything horrible and tragic happened. This was right after the shootout. So, uh, oh, so it was before the fire. It was before. Oh God, yeah, yeah. We were there. Well, we made a video called on the seventh day because we were there on the seventh day of the siege. So, uh, Bill and I were we were working on some records and videos together, and and we were both news junkies. After I think starting at the with the Iraq War and Desert Storm, we both became like CNN junkies mm-hmm. and. Uh, and and one night, Bill calls me and he's like, "Are you watching?" And and I'm just like, "Yes, I can't believe it." It's like some frustrated rock guitar guy, like held up, you know, two hours north of Austin. Like, I Bill is like, "I'm in route." You know, we are, <laughs> oh, we are we are going we are going to this thing. So he he flew to Austin and he rented a car and you know I had like a little uh, I think a little high camcorder. And some other things. I had my access, my my uh, ACTV access badge, and mm-hmm. so we drove through there through all these DPS checkpoints, and we finally got almost to the compound, and we got we got came up to this DPS checkpoint. And the guy was like, "Are you with the media?" And and Bill uh, Bill goes, "No." And then the guy makes us turn around, and so then we sat there for a half hour, and I go, "Well, I'm with Access TV. I, I'm media." And, and so then we turn around and. We go. We are with the media. The DPS guys are like, "What do you mean you're with the media? You were just here like a half hour ago, and you said you weren't." I go, "Well, no, I, I am with the media." We showed them like this, like this, fifty dollar camcorder, <laughs> and so they they ended up they ended up letting us in. I showed them my little access badge, and so we got in with the press pool. We were, I don't know, I I, I don't know exactly how far, but the the compound was behind us. I mean, maybe like a mile or so behind us. You could see the signs. They were hanging signs out the window at the time and so uh it was just like this endless row of of satellite trucks and and so forth and we just set up there and and uh bill just started kind of just riffing you know of course this is before everything turned tragic so it was kind of like you know um once once the fire started and then that was the big turning point i think that was a big change in bill's career too and his material because the uh this video started circulating at access tv where it showed the flamethrower coming out of the tip of the tank mm-hmm. and once bill saw that i think i think that was like a really defining moment in his career where he went all in on like saying you know fuck the government yeah, yeah fuck it and, he, he uh, really you know, went yeah he really yeah. did change some there around that time it's interesting what well, what's in the war people used to ask me kevin uh because sometimes I used to get interviewed as a guest on some programs, but people would send them. I know I was on Jack Black's show, uh, you know, on GCN years ago, and uh, or Jack Blood rather. And uh, but people would say to me, you know, what is it with the water there in Austin? What are you guys all on that you're all patriot tra- 
conspiracy guys, you know, uh, what is it about that? And, and you know, because I did that pair, my pair of times was a conspiracy type publication. And like I said, we used to profile Alex. And so weird that many years later, I would end up publishing InfoWars magazine for Alex uh, years later. Uh, what was, why, why, why were we all gravitating that way in that, you know, that time of the early 90s and late 80s? God, what, that's what you, a good question. That's a good question. You know, it all started with that damn Kennedy assassination. And it just spun out from there. I mean, when I was a kid, that was like the only that was the only conspiracy we had, right? It was yeah. Kennedy. And then, uh, and then it just broke loose. And now, now it's just out of control. It's like it's not even fun anymore. You know, the conspiracy thing. It just there was a time. So it, it's you're right, though. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was about Austin in those days. I think, I think. I don't know. I, I, I like to think that Austin Access TV had a lot to do with it because it was this real headquarters of free thinking. And I think someday was somebody the, could do a really great movie who, about that. Who was the that, – that should be a movie too about that time. Uh, what was the guy's name? Hey, caller, you're on the – what was the, guy, the the girl? The guy would dress up like a – oh, Bertha or something. Oh, was Biddy, something Old Biddy. Yeah. Old yeah. Biddy, yeah. Old Biddy. And he worked with that – yeah, Dave Pruitt. You know, yeah, I'm still, Dave. I'm still friends with Dave Pruitt. Yeah, I am great. too. Yeah. I know Dave. Dave knows me. Dave's been on my shows before. Uh, uh, I know. I know Nathan Olivares, who was with Dave. Oh yeah, Nathan. Nathan, nasty Nate. Nathan's a good friend of mine. Uh, I, 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 I've had dinner with him recent years. Saw, saw uh, David not too long ago. So it's just weird that there's a lot of that. That there's a crazy generation of all of us that are still out there. Um, I'm still doing media, but I'm now on this hemp side and, and, uh, you know, are you going to get into this hemp too? I'm so glad that you're back in Texas. Uh, you were out there in California a while or what's going on with you. I know Ro Joe Rogan moved back to, to now Joe's in Austin. And I know, you know, Joe from back in the day. Yeah. I worked with Joe back in God, 2000, God, 21 years ago. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I'm, so yeah, I, I did a, uh, a stand-up concert for Joe back in 2000 called uh, Belly of the Beast that actually Alex Jones, uh, I, I, there was like a little interlude I shot where Alex and, and him were uh, dancing around wearing George Bush masks and we had a <laughs> UFO in there. I think, but, uh, Is that the one where and, Chris uh, Chris Athenis gets in the headlock with by Joe Rogan? Is that that same night, right? Or yeah. No, no, no. This was this was different. This oh. well, no, the one with the headlock and Chris Venice, That was actually we were shooting American Drug War in Los Angeles, and uh, we had shot the. Chris was on my crew when we went and shot the Bloods um, and uh, T Rogers and Lucky oh. Rogers uh, over in the jungle, and and uh, um, and then that night we ended up at the comedy store because we were staying at the Hyatt right next door, and we always hang out at the comedy store all the time, and and that's when. Chris Athenis was kind of like screwing around with Joe Rogan. And I could tell Joe was not thinking it was that funny anymore. And Joe was kind of like, Kevin, this guy in your film crew is insane. And, and Chris was kind of like pushing his buttons and then, and then Joe put him in a headlock and I, and I was filming the whole thing. And to this day, it's like one of the most popular videos I ever shot. I'm not credited with it, but it's so funny. It's just some weird thing I filmed. And now you can go look up on YouTube. It's like millions and millions of hits. Um, <laughs> 
I think it's called Joe Rogan Headlock or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a friend of mine, Chris. Uh, Chris had a show called Reality Expander there on Public Access. Uh, God, this is great. Yeah, our, Chris is awesome. Our guest, Kevin Booth, uh, uh, going down memory lane here in the uh, drinking the acid water from uh, South Austin with Kevin <laughs> Kevin Booth here. Um, uh, what's your experience with hemp at all? Uh, do you you get are you are you looking at this? Well, are you gonna? I'm trying to. Uh, well, I've got my. I just got my license mm-hmm. and I got my my permits. And so you know, we we've uh, my family uh, bought a ranch in Fredericksburg. I mean, it's a really uh, amazing thing my dad did back in the '70s. How brilliant! I mean, he bought a he bought this ranch in Fredericksburg uh, back in the '70s. Wow. Yeah, now it's just, you know, it's it's like a gem out here. I mean, this place is like a tourist mecca, and, you know, the property values are crazy. And uh, so it's this beautiful place, thank God. Um, it was pretty pretty fortunate to be able to escape Los Angeles and come here. And after, after 13 years and in, in living in Hollywood, uh, to come out here and live on a ranch has been pretty nice. I mean, I feel like I just dodged a bullet with the way things are going out there. Yeah. And so... Um, got my hemp license and I'm just getting experimenting. I, you know, I've, I've secured the names, uh, Texas Hill Country CBD, Texas Hill Country 420, Texas Hill Country Hemp. And what does Texas Hill Country stand for? What are those initials? THC. Got it, man. It's going to happen. <laughs> so, right. But, but, you know, we're working on, you know, I'm, I'm just, ex- we're in an experimental phase. We don't have any products yet. Uh, and, um, but you know, more to come, more to come soon. We're just yeah. getting started. Well, that's super cool. I mean, I I had uh, reached out to you on uh, just kind of out of the blue on Facebook, and then you were like, "No, Russell, I'm I'm in Texas." I was like, "Really? I didn't I didn't know you were back." So, how long have you been back? Came back at the end of 2018. Wow. Okay. So a couple of, right on. You've been back a couple of years. Yeah. Well, fa- fantastic, yeah. Kevin. Uh, uh, you know, well, you're, you, <laughs> whatever, whatever you, Kevin's got cooking uh, for folks that don't know, American drug war was on the cover of a uh, weird magazine in 2008. And then we had, uh, how Weed Won the West was another documentary film you did that was also on the cover of Weird Magazine in 2010. And then uh, when I left working with Alex, I I, I published kind of a, <laughs> I kind of, I, I left Infowars and and I started publishing Paranoid Kevin for a little while there, and I uh, I did a Paranoid, and then you were you your your second film your th- your other the how um, the American Drug War Two Cannabis Destiny was actually on the the cover of that one. So if you ever do another film, man, I, I it's almost a, a guaranteed you're going to be on a, another one of my covers one day. Well, yeah, no, well, I've had a whole crazy chapter in my life that's kind of outside of the drug war thing, and that is I I shot a movie about. Um bulgaria and and russian corruption and all that i spent several years over in eastern europe and so uh you know it, it uh i was kind of hiding on the ranch while these russian oligarchs were pissed off at me <laughs> so <laughs> i needed to uh, i needed to get out of la there's, there's multiple reasons oh, okay <laughs> okay yeah i smell what you're stepping so, yeah, in <laughs> so I, I, yeah i i've there's a movie. It's on. Uh, it's on Amazon and a bunch of other things. It's called Shadows of Sophia. It's. It's uh-huh. not. It's not a drug war film, but uh, that's. It was kind of. You know, every once in a while, you gotta step out of your comfort zone. And I don't think I'll be making any other more foreign films. It was really hard <laughs> and a weird experience. 
But well, it was a great experience. Well, Kevin, I have and, an um, idea. I have an idea for a film for you. It's called Memoirs of a Paranoid Publisher. And it's about a magazine publisher that starts publishing paranormal <laughs> conspiracy articles in his youth and yeah. later starts publishing rock and roll and sports and then then hemp. Oh wait, that's not that's autobiographical. Uh, that's that's my life. Uh, fire off your website. Well, it's funny. It's, it's funny that you, it's like you quit working for Alex Jones and you start a thing called Paranoid. I mean, go figure, right? Well, I kind of did that on purpose, uh, Alex. Uh, when yeah. Alex was concerned that I was going to keep doing what I was going to do afterwards when I left there, and I was like, "Well, a fisherman fishes, Alex, and." A publisher publishes. That's what I know how to do. So, uh, but uh, fire off your your website, Kevin, and uh, and tell folks how they can get in touch with you and your work. And and uh, uh, I don't know if you still got Sacred Cow website, but that's how I remember you as always with Sacred Cow Productions. Yeah, I still got. It. I'm actually rebuilding it right now. It's under construction, but yeah, Sacred Cow, Sacred Cow Productions. Uh... Uh, you know, just look me up on Facebook or something for now. Um, and yeah, just, just Google my name. You'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not just Google my name. There's, plenty, there's enough links. I can't figure out. I, I don't know what's going on anymore. I can't keep up with that dang internet. <laughs> that dang internet. Uh, Kevin Booth. Yeah. Uh, hey, Kevin, thanks, man. It's so good having you on the show. And then th- that was really cool to have that little transition there with Ricky. Uh, and, and listen, if Rick comes into town... Uh, y'all holler at me sometime, man. I I, I want to hang out with Rick and spend some time with him. I know you guys know each other and you're closer, but maybe if he'll come to Texas, I'll get to say hi to Rick a little more and and uh, stay stay in touch, my friend. You know where to find me on Facebook as well. And and uh, and thanks again, again, Kevin, for being a part of the Texas Hemp Show, my friend. All right, I want to say I love Rick, and uh, thanks for having me on here, and I and, uh, hope to be back on. I'll talk yeah, to you soon. We will. We'll have you on again, Kevin. Thanks again, buddy. Okay, All right, there he goes. That's Kevin Booth. Kevin's uh, mainly known there for a lot of films. Uh, the American Drug War film was very popular. Look for a, a, a version of this uh, interview and Rick's interview in the upcoming issue with the texas hemp reporter we'll, we'll be bringing that to you guys on the first of july i'm russell i'm getting out of here be back tomorrow at 4 20 with our interview with tommy chong so we're uh, just getting our homework done for july you guys enjoy your summer and uh, thanks for tuning in it's the texas hemp show